Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Parv. And this is China Product. We are two Silicon Valley product managers, and we know how messy it can be. So we're here to talk about the ups and downs of being a PM. It's not always straightforward, but we're here to figure it out together. Hey, Alex. Hey, Parv. How's it going? Not bad, not bad. How about you? Yeah, How's can't complain. How's your week been in product management? Uh, you know, another beautiful week in product. <laughs> oh boy, I I've been like so swamped with like PRD writing yep. these days, and it is it's not the most fun sometimes. Yeah, PRDs and twenty twenty three planning on my side. Oh boy, <laughs> oh I um. I was reading this quote online. I don't know if you, you must have heard it right from Ernest Hemingway, which is your first draft is usually shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm on draft. Uh, and I was like, like 17 at this point. So I was like, he's definitely talking about my PRDs because my first draft is definitely <laughs> was pretty shit. It's fast though. I think that's the, that's the nice thing about the first draft. Like do it in like 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. And then you redo yeah. it like, Five more times. Do I think that's the biggest way to unblock myself in PRD writing is just put something down on paper. Like just just get started. Like whatever it is, just whatever you have in your mind, just write it down. Whether it's like a paragraph or page or anything. And then I think it just really helps unblock me from like starting to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the first like maybe like eighty percent of the the requirements are always the easy ones. And then like, <laughs> you got to just put them on paper. And then it's like that 20% that you're like kind of just walking around, you're in the shower and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. I should add this. Like, that's kind of, I feel like how they go for me. Yeah, I've usually spent, I'm like, even if it's something easy, I've spent time thinking like, oh, probably it's very high level. I understand what this, it's not going to take too much time. The PRD will be fine. But then you're so right. Like I write it, I get those on on paper. And sometimes the realization is, oh, this is just 80%. Like there is another world of 20% that I have no idea that I need to like sort of figure out right now with all of this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like this, like maybe not minor stuff, but it's like the stuff that you don't initially think about. It's like this thing should have like a shortcut or this thing should like use the arrow (laughs) keys to progress or I don't know, like all these like little things like, oh, we should have- You need to let- Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You need to let- the legal team know that what you're about to do is going to probably impact one of the things on their legal policies that needs a copy change because it needs to go out before the yep. product does. Like, All those little things. And yep, then you talk to your teams and then it just keeps expanding and that's where scope <laughs> comes from. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't want to go down that lane right now. It's a PTSD from the week. But coming back, what are we talking about today, Alex? What's our What's the topic? So this week, we're going to go and talk about how to pick a company as a product manager. So there's, I think everybody has their own criteria. There's so many different ways to kind of go about it. So we'll probably talk through uh, our criteria and then um, maybe go to like some other criteria that we've heard people use to, to choose a company they want to work at. What do you think? Yeah. And I think that's a great one. And again, you know, of course, everyone's different. As you said, everyone has their own flavor. I think it's fun to talk about like how, how we sort of went through that decision making. I know we've been through like a couple of different variety of companies. Um, and I think it's it's a nice way to think about like how you choose your company as a PM. But again, potentially could be very personal. Like I remember one of my choices being like completely random in a sense that I don't think anyone should be making a choice in that frame of <laughs> mind. But uh, but yeah, I think it's a great one. You want to get started? How do you how do you want to jump into this one? Yeah, I think I'd love to know 
if it's kind of changed throughout your career? Because I feel like, at least personally, like when I first got out of college, like my what I wanted was very different than maybe what I want, you know, like seven, eight years out of college. So I'd love to hear like, how have you, how, how is your like prioritization, like choosing a company kind of changed oh, over time? Yeah, I think that's, that is definitely true for me. It has changed a hundred percent. I mean, just be, like, just the way one is like how you think about all of this and you mature as an individual and the way you think about picking a company also matures as an individual. I think it also stems out of just learning more or being on the job more and figuring out what you actually enjoy, what are the pieces you enjoy. I mean, for me, I think you know this, right? My journey has been like more for, I started in like a big tech company, moved into Fang, and then now I've transitioned into like a startup, um, which is a completely different pivot. And I think if I was in the same decision point like a few years ago, I definitely would not have chosen Mm -hmm. like working at a startup. For me, I think that's, you know, like definitely shows that my way of thinking has changed yeah. um, in like picking a company. Yeah, I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I was like start up first <laughs> and then go into a thing and that kind of thing. So I think yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like how did you choose to go into a startup? I, I think for me, uh, and we can, we can talk about this. I think it's a fascinating concept or the way I think about it is like when I'm comparing a startup against a fang or like a big tech company, for me, the decision was scale versus scope now it's a they're similar concepts but in my mind i treat them a little differently for me i would say scope is the breadth of responsibility you have across a particular aspect of the product so no are you working on like in a very general sense i'll think about are you working on a feature versus like a flow versus a word product versus a group of products versus a vertical like like that scope of where your sort of PM responsibility is. And then there's the scale, which is you can have low scope, but high scale in my head. Like, for example, you're working on a specific feature of, let's say, the um, Peloton app. But that feature might have really high reach and scale in the sense that it's being used by millions of users. And so I think like for me, at when I was thinking about a startup, I really at that time wanted to optimize for scope and being able to use a higher scope to potentially up level the scale of impact so i was okay starting with a lower scale which mostly startups are at right because you don't have a million users you don't it's not an ubiquitous app like a fang company or a fang product and for me that was kind of thing like okay i worked on scale which is great i learned a lot but now i want to try and like think end to end and go more scope like try and deal with a problem in delivering something by trying to tackle more mm-hmm. spaces or more scope. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a key consideration with, with a lot of these bigger companies. It's like you might go really deep on like a, a tiny part, but you don't have that kind of end-to-end view. Yeah. And I mean, it does change. And as you spend more time in a big company or the position at which you join, like, of course, those are big factors. And you are thinking about all of those things. But for me, I think... It's kind of looking at something from like zero to one and just like mm-hmm. everything involved in like all those pieces of trying to build mm-hmm. something. But yeah, that was, that's a little bit about how I was thinking. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think that that's different? Like, cause you went to a fan company, of course, fan companies, you know, you go pretty deep on a very relatively small thing. Is that kind of like a, or by going to a startup, is that kind of the reaction? It's like, okay, I've, I've done, gone really deep on a small feature of like a massive kind of project. Now I want to go end to end. I want to see bring something zero to one. 
So it's kind of like a reversal. It was it was part of it, but then for for me it was part of it. But then again, like personally, right now when I took the decision to switch, it was also for me optimizing for an industry that I mm. wanted to work in. Um, I really wanted to get into healthcare and behavior change and like that aspect of products. And so it was, I mean, being honest, that was also a huge part of like one of the reasons that I wanted to think about um, switching or picking a company was I was trying to like figure out industries as well um, and wanted to like try that out. Was that more? To- how, about, how about you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I just want to go a little bit deeper on that. Is Were you trying to switch industries to try to get more impact, like kind of do do good? Or was it just kind of, you wanted to change the pace and learn something new? I'm actually really passionate about healthcare. And it, it was me like really wanting to work in a space that, that I'm passionate about. Like I really like think about that kind of stuff, even in my free time. So I really wanted to be able to like capitalize on that and, you know, move into a direction or a company where I get to think about that at work also. Um, mm, yeah. So it was, it was me like optimizing for a space that I'm passionate about, like the industry um, and nothing else, which ha- has its, um, has its downsides. Um, and I think we should, I, I actually now thinking like they should do a good episode on like, <laughs> should you optimize for passion as a product manager? Um, I think that can be its own like 45 minute conversation and I'm going to take a note of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely did that early. Yeah. I definitely did that early in my career. I think that maybe that's part of like how you pick a company. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, early in my career, that was like a key thing is like, I didn't want to like, especially I think it's, it's interesting. And like, you, you think, you know, that as you like get deeper and as your salary increases, your quality, like yep. your cost of living increases and it's really hard to go back. So then like when I was early in my career, I was kind of optimizing for working at a startup, knowing I'm not going to get paid much, but knowing that I don't have to get paid that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was kind of to your point, like kind of interested in, I was more interested in the, in the area, like making sure it was something that was going to do good. Uh, knowing that also, you know, companies that are, are doing good, like energy or yeah. clean air or health kind of typically, maybe they don't, they don't pay as much, especially in the startup space. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it means, you know, I can do something that I'm, I care about. That's something that's interesting yeah. to me. And I don't necessarily need that salary quite yet versus later in my career. Like, it would be really hard for me to downsize and downsize my life to go back to a startup salary. Oh yeah, that at this point. That's it. do you think like that's when you went from the decision of like moving from where you were into now like was that an active trade-off that you really thought about like okay, I am I was optimizing for a space that I really liked but now I am going to optimize for some of the financial pieces. Oh yeah, 100%. Cuz I think, you know, like in school like you don't really have many costs. Uh-huh. You don't have much. Like life is relatively cheap. <laughs> And then, you know, you get a house, you have a higher, bigger rent, like you just kind of start Interesting. layering all these lifestyle things on it. Then you're kind of just stuck. I mean, golden handcuffs, right? That's where it comes from. Like, it's really hard to, <laughs> I guess I'd have to like rent out the house, but I'd, I don't know, it'd, just be, it'd be really hard to go back. Uh, but like at a college, like there's really no costs. Interesting. Like, it's relatively cheap. And then all these side projects, right? All these side projects probably cost me like 500 to 800 a month at this point all the subscriptions for like Webflow and like all these things just kind of layer on top of each other. I've got like so much drag that I didn't have at a college. So I was, I think my, my dad had also told me this. He said, you know, like optimize for learning and like lower salary out of college. Cause once you get a house, once you kind of do all like your lifestyle is going to change, it's going to kind of creep up on you. And one day you're going to need to have like a whatever, 200 or $300,000 a year job. 
or like salary in order to pay for everything. And it's really hard to go, go backwards. So learn now and then, um, worry about finances and, and higher salary later, which was good advice. I think, cause now I, I see what he's talking oh, about. Wow. <laughs> it would be tough to go back. Um, I mean, like that itself is such a different perspective. And again, I think that I, I am grateful about like just being able to work in tech in like the Bay Area or just in, in general, like in part of Silicon Valley. Like, I think that it is something that just supports you in ways that might not be feasible for a lot of other like avenues or other like job spaces. So now when you bring that up, I was just thinking like, yeah, that is, that is one thing that, you know, I do want to just call out, like, I think we are grateful for and like being able to like have some of that. <laughs> Interesting. I like, yeah, I like yeah, this. Um, I feel like we talked about this earlier also. And I, I wonder if it, how much it plays a role in like choosing a company. You remember the, uh, what was the triangle that we talked about? Like you, you get, you get to choose two out of three. Like, oh yeah. Oh, it was, it was that three. It's like uh, time, money and learning. Ah. And you get to choose just two. Do, do you use that yeah. actively? At least that, that was my, that was my criteria. That's how I choose a company. Ah. So essentially if I stop learning, then I have to have time and I have to have money. But if I'm learning, then I, I'm okay with either uh, no time or no money, which is kind of, ah. that's what I use at the startup. And that's how I decided to leave because I, I had no time and I had, I didn't get much money. So, oh, so it was like you, yeah, it wasn't it. So that, that's how I decided to move on. Essentially when, when I was missing, um, two out of the three things and I always need two. So as soon as I'm missing, uh, one, like if I only have one thing that is the reason to stay, then it's no longer a good reason. And it's time to start looking for other opportunities. Interesting. And learning is also such a, is such a personal and such a, like an, a factor that's so different for one, like each one has a different definition of what learning is, but it's still it's still key to like your overall growth as an individual in a, in a career. So I think, I think I love that, that aspect. And I'm curious if everyone in some sense is doing that. Um, I'm trying to look back at my roles I've been at recently. And then just before that. And I think for me, learning was a, a proxy for like, if I were to look at your triangle, I would say like passion or something that I was interested in is like kind of a proxy for like, I want to know more in that space. Like I want to learn more about, Mm -hmm. how to build products there, how to like develop um, systems and designs within that sort of space. So um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely at this point, yeah, learning is definitely being optimized. Um, need to uh, do a little bit of soul searching about the other two. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's the thing about startups. I think in general, you're going to learn a lot and you might not necessarily have much time or much money. I think yeah. it also depends on the startup. I was in a seed stage startup. Uh -huh. So seed stage, you know, you get paid the least. Yeah. Series A, series B, series That's C. Cool. Yeah. Like, you can still kind of get like a, a decent, pretty good salary. Plus you're going to get a nice equity bump. I mean, maybe the equity is not liquid yet. Maybe one day it will be, <laughs> but that's something that you can, that's maybe also part of the criteria here is that, do you think the company is going to uh, have an exit and that's going to have like a meaningful bonus? Cause honestly, your biggest chance of becoming uh, like becoming financially free in Silicon Valley is not to work at Fang. Typically, it's typically actually to work at a late stage uh, startup that's going to IPO uh, or have some big exit. Um, actually, a good recent example of that is if you started working at Figma like a year and three months ago, you would have 10x your whatever your equity valuation was. Uh. So I think they were worth like two billion maybe a year ago, year and a half ago during their last raise. And they just exited for 20 billion. So if you got like, say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars invested, like equity investing per year, 
or however much they were giving, even if it was a hundred thousand, that hundred thousand would be worth a million now. Yeah, yeah. So that's also like a, a kind of an element to optimize for. It's not something I've optimized for, but I know a lot of folks who do actually choose. Like I had a friend who started working at a firm specifically because of that. So he started working at a firm knowing that it was like two to three years away from IPO. IPO'd uh, like two and a half or three years after he joined, and now he's a multi-millionaire. And he he did also exit his position before firm kind of dropped. Interesting. Uh, he diversified out, so he he's able to lock in those gains. Yeah. No. I. I uh, so think, yeah. there's many different elements here. Yeah. As such, I mean, you bring up, and it's such a key criteria or a factor that everyone does optimize for when you're pick, picking your company. And I think it's, and this is also like outside of potentially like product, right? It's it's a general like how you pick a company to be at. You are sometimes optimizing for that. For that money and you're right like i also know a lot of folks who kind of did that knowing that it's going to be in an ipo stage and they want to be able to like cap, mm-hmm. you know capitalize on that gain um that they would have mm-hmm. i i'm curious like as a pm like if you're thinking about it from the perspective of like hey i get to be a product manager at a specific company are there any key things that stand out to you or that you potentially like think about when you want to join a company like as a product manager, like what are some of the things that might like jump out? Yeah, I think a lot of times uh, some companies have really well-known kind of established product management cultures. I think product management is still so new. Uh-huh. So it's rare to have like a, you know, a very like kind of robust discipline or kind of robust culture around product, Yep. especially at startups. Uh, but a lot of fame companies have like really robust kind of processes and they kind of know uh, how to work with product managers, how to put the processes around them, how to like teach and kind of get everyone up to speed, which is something a lot of, because it's so new, just a lot of startups aren't, don't have the discipline. They don't really know yeah. uh, how to, like what a product manager does. It's still kind of this nebulous role, but at more mature fan companies, um, it's, it's really well documented. So you actually are able to learn, become a best in class product manager and kind of really hone that discipline. Where, whereas you wouldn't really get that uh, in a lot of startups just because that discipline is so new. Uh, and. Yeah. But do you think like that, that is something that you've started to think more about as you think about your careers? Like if you were to switch, you would want to be in someone where like a position where processes are well established, you know how def- like the definition of PM and the role there and everything is kind of like set up or would you, is that not a big criteria for you? Well, I think I've already done it, right? I've already like gone to like a <laughs> company with a well-established product discipline. I've seen what it means to be like a product manager in that yeah. in that company where they where do have a lot of you know very established well-documented kind of processes uh-huh. yearly planning prds like all of yeah. this kind of stuff with like very clear kind of roles demarcation yeah yep yeah which i think is is rare like, i feel like i mean th- maybe this is worth future discussion but i feel like a lot of startups like product project manager kind of bleeds into each other like product manager is really doing a ton of roles whereas at these bigger companies with you know very established kind of lanes for product like you kind of know exactly what you're doing. You know what the, the, they have the processes that kind of get you up to speed, um, which is which is great. I think I learned a lot about kind of just product processes, how to think through writing a PRD, writing uh, thinking through the metrics, yeah. uh, thinking through like all the different roles, like legal and marketing, and everyone's who, who's impacted. So I think I've already kind of gotten that, but I think it's super valuable going forward because it's it's because there's so little discipline. There's no school really for product. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a great way of getting in one of those companies, really seeing uh, what the PMs around you and kind of the product leadership is doing is like, is a great way to learn just how to kind of carry that over into wherever else you go in your career as a product manager. Would you, would you actively use that as a filter, like for your next company, potentially like saying, Hey, I actually want to go somewhere where it's at a position where you can potentially bring in 
the the culture or the processes or would you would you not want that you want to be like no i actually want to just go somewhere where i get to do my job and everything is still like managed correctly and like i don't need to like bring in new processes yeah i think it depends on the role or like like the direction you want to go with your career like do you want to be a product manager manager or do you want to be like an individual contributor who's just writing specs yeah uh-huh. i think for me like i've never actually managed a product manager like i've never even like i hired like hundreds of people and i've never hired a product manager because I tend to micromanage that a lot. Interesting. So I think it would be like a good, it would be good for me to be able to kind of, you know, establish a product management and product organization and kind of review other folks uh, as like a growth kind of thing. But I don't know if that's something I would like actively seek out yet. I think I still like learning about other disciplines. Yeah. I love learning about marketing. I love learning about um, engineering and design and everything else. I still love that kind of cross, um, like cross organization, just kind of learning a little bit of everything. Um, so while I've kind of specialized in product, I think for me, it's really about a breadth of learning. Um, and that's kind of probably what I would continue to optimize for in, in, uh, in future roles. I don't know. What, what do you think? How would you kind of think about, think about that? I mean, I do like, personally, it's something that I, I do like systems thinking in some sense like that. And so, you know, for me, it's, I do enjoy a little bit thinking about how to like solve organizational problems in addition to like the actual product problems like how do you create a product team that is able to fire on all cylinders and actually like solving bigger problems at the same time like you know there's one like i do enjoy of course i i I think about being in a company where there is establishment of processes like i think as a filter i would want some of those processes to be in place like of course the company knows (laughs) what a pm is how a pm functions like definitely a good understanding of like lanes between a pm and a project manager and like engineering manager and all of that and like you know good sort of processes around um stakeholder alignment but i am okay if it's it's not clearly or, or completely defined like i i would be okay going into a space and trying to be able to like work through with some of the leadership to understand how can we pivot or how can we make that into a a much more well-oiled machine you know, it's it's a fun problem space to also think about is how do you set up the organization for success and like especially the product team. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if there are some like processes that aren't established yet, I, I don't think that would like stop me. Um, I, there are some key ones that I would, of course, love that they already have <laughs> and think about like the ones I spoke, but yeah. I don't think it would be a big barrier for me. And I think that sometimes for me opens up the space for it to be um, like, I think later stage startups still like, are an avenue for me that I would like like to explore because I feel like they are at the nexus of having some definition but also like being in a position where mm-hmm. things are still like evolving and they're, yeah. they're learning as they scale yeah I think it makes sense I think it, it really goes back to like everyone has their own criteria and everything that they're looking for so it's kind of figuring out what is your criteria when you pick a company yeah and what matters most to you that's true I think one of the things that I was thinking about was I do think like it's important when I join a company that at least there is acknowledgement of what the growth mm-hmm. looks like in your role, especially for a PM, given how ambiguous it is. Like, you know, one of the episodes we talked about, like different PM levels, I feel like that itself is not a broadly shared, not like piece of knowledge. Not a lot of companies have a well-defined path for PMs. They get kind of like confused when it becomes IC versus group and like people management. And I think that becomes pretty important for me as some a criteria is like, 
do they have a good sort of projected growth plan or like what's the pathway for new hires or new pms to sort of like move up in the chain i feel like that's going to be something that i i really do want to like suss out in interviews with companies is yeah okay you're looking for someone right now to come and jump in and do this for like maybe a particular problem space but do you have an intended like plan for where that individual could reach um as a pm so i i don't know like have you has that ever crossed your mind like the the pathway like the growth piece around like pm and mm-hmm. like thinking about that when you join a company yeah i think or not yet <laughs> yeah i guess it depends on what your what your career ambitions are like do you want to grow in product or do you want to kind of jump off and do your own thing yeah yeah uh, i think for me it's always been like you know looking for other opportunities looking at that's like true. that's very true what kind of ideas are i mean i've always kind of been interested in, in uh entrepreneurship so i think it's for me it's yeah i've been i'm a product manager now but i'm I'm always kind of looking at like what are the opportunities out there um to com- maybe start a company and i think that's interesting maybe that where i'm looking for it's like i want to learn i want to learn how to you know manage a team learn how to think about products think about prioritization think about all the stuff and i think product is a really good way to learn a ton and also kind of hone in that discipline and i think it's very applicable to founding a company it's kind of why i went into startups is why i've kind of had the career path i've had is always kind of had an eye at maybe starting a company one day uh, if i can find the right right idea and right opportunity so for me i guess it's the growth is less important as much as maybe the learning um the learning yeah and the yeah and the in the time which is which is a type of growth yep which is which is a type of growth right like and it goes back to like that point of the triangle again i guess you're right it's it, growth or learning for you is not um like how do you progress in the pm career but it's around like how do you get to learn the most in a pm mm-hmm. career so that you can use in your like eventual career goals yeah and that that's why the time honestly like that's why the time and money is really important as that part of that pyramid yeah because if i'm not learning now i have more time to dedicate to kind of trying out different projects and doing my side projects to kind of yeah seeing what might hit one day um yeah because then I, I can kind of go into the area i can grow in that way um when i'm not necessarily learning at the at the company itself so that's why the pyramid is super important to me I, it always kind of feeds back to this overall ambition i think yeah. that's also super yeah. important for your career is like figuring out where you want to end up yeah do you want to be at a company and kind of climb the, the product ladder? Do you want to make your own company one day? And then essentially you need to have a time, money and learning in order to execute on that. Yeah. So ultimately like knowing what your overall ambition is, um, I think it's super important to kind of chart out like what company is, is most important to you. That's so cool. Like, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this. It's, it is, you know, like when you think about where you want to work, it's not just where you're working in the moment and like, few years down the road it's eventually like how does that fit into your fit into your actual narrative of where you want to be mm-hmm. and it's like it's funny because when you think about your next role or your new role you're we're also myopic sometimes and like okay where will this role be how does it get me like does it like is it a good direction for me based on where i am but there's also a part of it which is like if i go there is it going to fit into where i want to be potentially like 20 20 years down the line mm-hmm. Um, although I know there's also the aspect of like, you can connect all the dots backwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's like really something to jump into, but, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting point, uh, that you bring up that, yeah, sometimes you're optimizing for growth in the PM ladder, but sometimes you're just optimizing for growth as, as a, a proxy for something else, like in your case, learning, like mm-hmm. being able to like pick up everything. So if you're thinking about choosing a company. And you're optimizing for like that third part of the pyramid, which is like not time and money, 
and I'm going to bucket that as anything, right? Growth in terms of progress, le- learning, etc. Then it becomes really important to like optimize for that and know what that is for you. Mm-hmm. I think for for me, like I had a, I think a lot of uh, folks get the kind of opportunity to choose between multiple companies, so you have multiple offers. And so I was choosing between a, a pretty late stage uh, company, essentially late stage startup, and then like a fan, another fan company. And so ultimately, what it, what this, what I I, the reason I decided on the fan company versus the late stage startup at that point was like compensation is the same. I'm going to learn a lot more at the startup. I'm going to learn at the fan company, but I'm not going to have as much time. And then ultimately in my career, like what, mm-hmm. what am I trying to optimize for at this point? And for me, it's, it's time, it's the brand, it's kind of portability of that brand. So like as late stage startup, everyone in San Francisco and everyone in the Bay Area is going to know. Yeah, but as soon as you leave the Bay Area, nobody knows what that startup is. Nobody knows what they do. <laughs> so you also want to think about like, where do you want to, where do you want to live, where do you want to work? Essentially, like a fan company is always going to give you the most portability of kind of using that brand, using that name, wherever you want to go. So a lot more flexibility worldwide. Whereas the startup, maybe maybe it'll exit one day, maybe it won't. There's a lot more ambiguity there, but also it's a lot more time that it takes. So yeah, I think in, in the case of like choosing between a late stage startup and a fang, like I went with the fang route because of that pyramid. It it satisfies two of the three, both of them satisfies two of the three. But at this stage in my career, I'm looking for maybe like time and compensation and brand more than I'm necessarily looking for learning in that specific field. So I think interesting. You have to kind of figure out the criteria and, and where they map to your your longer term ambitions. Cause yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's why it's it's tough. And everybody's criteria is so so different. I think even like between the two of us, right? You're you're optimizing for maybe like system, product systems and product and growth and kind of yeah, right now, setting up yeah. like a product management uh, system at a, at a startup. Whereas like for me, it's like okay, like ultimately I want to do my own thing. Looking for opportunities. I'm trying to try different things, making side projects, trying to see what's going to work. Yep. And one day something will work, and then that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. So it just depends on what you're trying to optimize for and where you want to be and in five to 10 years, really. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the one thing that I've just learned and maybe it comes from a little bit of like a hint of privilege there, but I think if you can, like, I feel like everyone should like try everything. Mm-hmm. Like I I do not regret any decision in that sense of like, whether it was a fang, whether it was a big tech, another big, you know, big tech firm or a startup, I think all of them have been invaluable in just like career building and just learning. And I feel like as a PM, it's so varied across different type of companies and industries that the more you try is the more you figure out what works for you as a PM. Like I, in all three roles or four roles, or I don't even know how many, but there's a baseline PM skill set that's that's common, but there's so many different nuances of product management across all of those that I've been able to like mm-hmm. learn and, and work in, which I feel like it's it's so critical especially as you as you build yourself up uh, in a in a career like pm mm-hmm. or you know even if you want to actually be an entrepreneur so i think I, I i think i would encourage like if folks can like just try different things in terms of like push yourself in different aspects and see what works for you because mm-hmm. you will pick up stuff around like being a pm which is so different in like these different yep way, like companies yeah and pm is like a really good jumping off point so if you know it, it allows you to kind of see a lot of these different roles to kind of play play in those the areas of different roles, like marketing, like engineering, like design. So you're able to kind of choose ultimately, you're able to learn all these different disciplines and then see if 
you know, if you want to keep being product and you want to keep kind of climbing that product manager ladder, or you want to do a like, change careers or kind of switch things up. Yep. So it gives you a lot of flexibility that I think a lot of other paths don't really afford you. Yeah. I, it's fascinating. I feel like we can just keep, this is such a deep topic and like, it, it just like speaks outside of just PM. It's just generally like, how do you think about career and like mm-hmm. progression and like choosing where to work and what to be doing. But um, I sort of like coming back to, you know, how to pick a company when, when you're a PM, are there like any, what would be like some red flag? Like where not to, like, if you were to say, do not, ah, that's a strong statement. Like I, I would say red flags. Let's just say red yeah. flags. If you're trying to think of a company to pick as a product manager, like what would you consider as like some, okay, not this. You know, so I, there was this company I interviewed at like a few years ago. And so typically when you do like a FANG interview, like it's a very structured interview. There's a very specific framework that you use in order to uh, uh, like approach the questions. Yep. Um, they have like product design, analytics, like there's very specific yeah. questions. So I was interviewing at this one startup, pretty late stage. Um, doing like $80 million of, of revenue. So like they're doing pretty well from a startup perspective. And then I just interviewed, like they asked me, they basically were like product manager questions. Like they didn't have a product manager interview me because I don't think they really had that many, um, <laughs> if any. And then they asked me product manager interview questions and I like, they were just like blown away by the responses, but all I was doing was using like the typical framework that you would approach. Yeah. So it was like a huge red flag. It's like, oh, these guys, I guess, aren't really getting product managers who have like gone through like a FANG interview or have like approached it with that kind of pretty rigorous kind of practice that is required for those type of interviews. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of worrying. Cause then the quality, my guess is like the quality of the product managers they have is maybe a little bit lower than my past experience. Yeah. So that's actually a red flag is they weren't really familiar with how to interview product managers. And they weren't really familiar Interesting. with how to, what, what, or what answers to expect and like, using the frameworks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think just the interview, like how the interview is like a, is a good kind of gauge of like how disciplined they are in product. Yeah. That's a good reflection of potentially just how they think about product management in their, in their company, right? Like, is it, is it well-established? Is it a new thing? Do they do this regularly? And um, so yeah, that's actually an interesting way to sort of look at it. Um, not to yeah. <laughs> the interview question itself. Yeah, and how they approach the way it. they're interviewing you. But were there any red flags that you've seen? Um, I think for me, one was jobs and responsibilities. Like I think I remember one particular role. Some I can't remember the name, but you know, it seemed like a simple job description. I applied. I think it was my first job or something. I sat in the interview and was talking to I think the manager was it the recruiter I don't remember but I was like so what do you you know what are the expectations of a role like this and they just said everything that in my head at that time was like this is not product right you're asking me to come in and manage like jira boards and like sprint times and like agile delivery like being able to like implement agile methodology and stuff like that so I was like are you looking for like a scrum mm-hmm. master or like a project manager and they were like, no, no, we're looking for, you know, product managers. And then, and they started just like saying everything that was actually project management. And I feel like I realized they might have not known the difference a little bit. Yep. And I mean, yeah. I'm okay with like doing that work as a PM if, if you know, that's the, that's the requirement of the role. But I feel like it was pretty obvious to know that they just didn't realize like they, they are different disciplines. Mm-hmm. They know that it's a different thing and they didn't even actually want anything that I could 
provide as a PM or a product manager. Everything that was needed was like on the other side <laughs> of the fence. So I was like, okay, well, you know, nice interviewing with you, but I did not think I want to, I want to work yeah. there. Yeah. No, I think that's something that's super common with startups that I've seen is like, they're just, they're just not as familiar with product and what the role of product is. And they try to kind of get a two for one or a three for one. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, to your point, like it's like program manager, it's scrum master, <laughs> it's product manager. It's like everything, which I think is fine if you're upfront with exactly. it. Exactly. But if you don't realize that, then that's yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As long as you, if you don't realize that that's what scares me, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm fine with doing it, but you should know. Um, I think that's one. I'm trying to think if there's any other like big, big red flags. I think one for me, it wasn't a major red flag, but as I said, like it, it was, I was being interviewed for a very, very specific, it's a very specific problem or role. And when I asked about like, where do you see the future um, of like someone in this role? And I wasn't looking at it from a career progression perspective, but just generally like, you know, what do you see like the next, is it going to be scope changes? Like, how do you think, you know, you would want to see this role scale? And I think they hadn't thought about like anything beyond the immediate need of that, like that moment in time. And like the more I probed into it, it kind of like started to realize like they just weren't thinking about it like that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of scared me a little bit is like, how do you even see like this, you know, role being interacting with other PMs and like, how do you build out that team? Do you have a vision? And that was like an important thing for me as well, you know, generally because it was, me being a new PM early or like early in my career. And I didn't want to be in a space where it was like, you know, wasn't able to like learn in that environment and just, you know, yep. I think for me, it was a red flag. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of red flags. Like I think it's mostly, mostly maybe stem from just like the hiring manager or the company, the organization, just not really understanding product and understanding, like thinking about long-term product. I think it's, you know, like someone tells you, Hey, you probably need a product manager. And then they kind of start looking for product managers, but they don't really think through like, <laughs> oh, what does this person need? What does this person want in their career? What is a product manager really at, at the core? Um, I feel like it's normally like someone gave them some advice and they went and like, they're like, okay, I'll just hire a product manager, but not really understand what, you know, the, what that person does, what that person needs in their career, what kind of the typical progression is. And I think that's like maybe where a lot of the red flags stem from is just someone told them. So they don't really have like a deep understanding of, of what a product manager really is and what, yeah. what they're supposed to do. And yeah, exactly. I mean, there's just so many. I I mean, if, if you, like, let's say you're thinking about it from like a perspective of choosing a company. Are there like any quick optimizers that you think are just like generally things that people should be thinking about or not thinking about or are just like low on the totem pole of like optimizations? Well, there's I guess there's quality of life things that you want to think about. Like mm-hmm. a lot of startups tend to like to outsource their engineering or their design. Uh, and so like a good question is like, you know, what is the relationship like with engineering and design? Where are they based? That's a good Because so good. many times they've been based in India or they've been based in like Ukraine or something. Like it, the time zone issue, right? Exactly. Like, so then you, yeah. you get in and now you're working like nights because that's where the India team is. Or you're working early mornings because that's where the European team is. Mm. So I think that's something that's, I think sometimes like I've, I've definitely in, in my previous startup role, I hired a bunch of people in Ukraine. It's kind of my, my choice, but then I was waking up at like 7am, 8am yeah. to kind of work with these folks. But if you're going in, like, just know that if the engineering team is based somewhere else, you're going to be either pulling up, pulling late nights or early mornings in order to work with those engineering engineers. And that's just something that, yeah, that's an interesting you know, one. go in with and in like an open, yeah, open view. Yeah. Quality of life. Just 
and I, th- I know people where they really enjoyed the role, but like just that factor of like the engineering and design relationship being out of whack in terms of like the timing mm-hmm. was actually painful. Yeah. Um, and it kind of made them like, you know, push them away from the role because of just like it not being sustainable for like keeping a, a, a decent quality of life. Mm-hmm. And like that just triggered my head into like other pieces, which is like not QOL, but just, yeah, like what is the relationship between like the trifecta at your company, like the PM design and engineering? Like, I think that's a big, big piece that I am, I think I focus on a lot when, when I'm looking at a company is how closely do those three functions work and what's the relationship between those three as a company or as a team. And I think for me personally, that's a a very strong thing. Like I love companies where the three are like close collaborators and work together. And so I actually, one of the things that I did actively optimize for in all my interviews was like asking that question of like, Mm-hmm. How do what? How do those three work together? Yeah, um, I believe I almost forgot that in this episode, and I'm so glad I was able to bring. He <laughs> just like reminded me that like it was a big thing. Yeah, and especially with startups, like you're normally interviewing with like the lead engineer or the lead designer. Yeah, so you're normally able to actually ask that directly to the person you're working with, and also kind of gauge yeah. how much you like working with them, or you know how how they seem when you're kind of doing the interview. I think it's also super important because. Yeah, if if you have, if there's already a strained relationship, then there's a lot of pressure on you when you come in to kind of somehow mend this. Yep. And you're able to gauge how likely it is for you to succeed just from talking to these folks up front in the, during the interview process. Yeah. And I think like just coming back to the original question, I'm just going to like I think look like things like optimizing for brand and location are also pretty personal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you do you really like do you want a big brand name on your resume? I think that's a personal choice, and I I think it's not like a bad or a good thing it's like yeah some people do want to optimize for that and they should some people don't care about it um which is also completely fine and then like the random ones around like location um do you want to work in some place you know again i think that kind of goes back to quality of life like mm-hmm. where where is it based out of and you know how are you working like time zone differences because it is going to be a very collaborative role so you want to be able to like understand what that's going to look like yeah definitely i think also like on the uh, on the brand thing, I think one thing that's kind of interesting is I feel like I learned everything I needed to know in my career from the startup, from like the two years I spent at the startup. And then, you know, going to fang companies definitely didn't learn as much. But having the brand on your resume is just like a supercharger. Like it's so much easier to get into. You just you get 100% of interviews. It's just so much easier to kind of go throughout your career, even though, you know, maybe you don't necessarily learn as much as you would in like maybe two or three months at a startup as you would in like a year or two at a, at a fan company. So I think that's also something to think about is you might not learn much at a big brand, but it makes your life just so much easier to have that stamp on your, yeah. on your resume. I, I, yeah, I, I go back and forth sometimes on the learning um, just because I feel like there's an aspect of like scale that startups might not mm-hmm. give you, especially early startups, which a big company can also really help. And you might not be as a, like, you might not have a lot of scope, but, the quality of your decisions mm-hmm. have to be really tight. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, at startup, you're literally just throwing stuff at the wall to see what happens. Yeah. At a big company, you're, yeah. you know, looking at the spaghetti very specifically to see which one is going to be the stickiest. Yeah. And and that's like another thing that you, you know, uh, folks might want to optimize for like, like what I did early on, one of my jobs was like, yeah, are you looking for scale or scope? Mm-hmm. And it's a very um, normal and okay thing to optimize yeah. for as a, as a metric yeah. in your role. 
but yeah, it's like I don't like what anything else comes to mind. I feel like we've touched upon a lot of the yeah the key things, at least our personal. Yeah, I guess are there any like more general ones that you thought about? Because like obviously, like we both thought a lot about our personal criteria. But are there kind of more general ones yeah. you've, you've heard that other people use? Or kind of more general guidance um, from other kind of thought leaders? Yeah, I mean, I. I Try to think of that, and I, we can try and link some as as you know we think about them. But I think it's definitely just you know making sure that where you're going in is like sort of aligned with where you are at in your career. For me, I would say like skill set, like or level of skills. Like you're going to a role where you know that mm-hmm. you will be able to like thrive as a PM. Like you might have, depending on like what factors you are, like in your pyramid of skill set as a PM, like which ones, which ones you're good at. So when you're looking at a role and trying to like match or talk to the recruiter and manager, understanding what's going to be some of the things that they expect you to do more. Does it align with your skill set? Does it allow you to grow some of those other skill sets? Um, so I think it's like making sure that the job matches your sort of mm-hmm. current level of skills. Um, I would say one, that, that would be one. How about anything? How about other stuff? I think, yeah, just optimizing for your career your personal career trajectory is kind of yeah one that i hear a lot and is absolutely true like you need to know where you want to end up in order to kind of plot a course to get there yeah and i think yeah the other standard ones we talked about making sure like the how product is treated in the in the organization like is it an is it an sort of an op actual function the role of it how it's set up do they know what pms are how it's kind of like understood in terms of the other stakeholders in the company the the other one would be just in terms of like what's the relationship between the three or like just broader stakeholders like product design engineering i think that's a key one and then also just understanding how do they think about growth and the actual career ladder of pms because that's again you know such an ambiguous role that it's the more definition companies have around like product and product management i think is is just mm-hmm. like strong and something that you want to try and like mm-hmm. learn as you're choosing yeah, a company absolutely. and then it's just like the other stuff, like the industry, the technical space, like is someone interested in being like in the technical side of things like MLAI mm-hmm. pieces or products like that. So really also learning about what part of the product you'll be working on. Like I know folks who have who are, have a passion and a strong skill set in like consumer focused products or like the, um, the actual experience but end up working or getting hired to work on potentially like data platforms or the backend systems in a product. <laughs> and I've, I've seen like, that's been a mismatch. Like they've vocalized it like, Oh, that they didn't realize that it would be such a big thing. But I think that's another one that I would say, like look out for when you're optimizing for the role is, is does it match where you kind of see yourself mm-hmm. as a PM? Yeah, definitely. I think industry is, um, yeah, industry is super important. So yeah, I think I want to call that one. Yeah. I, yeah I don't think we, we talked enough about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in e-commerce at this point. And that's not necessarily where I would have expected. I think it's, it's where there's a lot of opportunity in e-commerce, but it's just also like as a PM, you kind of get into an industry and you get really good at that industry. And then it's a little bit harder to, to bounce out. Um, so if that's not the industry you wanted to be in. I think it's something to kind of recognize early on so you can plot that course. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And the same for me, like from a skill set perspective, I remember going in to a role specifically because I wanted to optimize for being part of like the internal machine learning systems and being able to build products in there. And it was, something I actively optimized for then and said like, yes, I, I know I have a skill set or I prefer working on consumer end pieces, but for this period of my career, I really want to try and pivot and learn more about like machine learning products and data products and work internally. Mm-hmm. And 
that's a completely normal thing to optimize for if that's something that you are looking at in your role as well as yeah an and that's that's like a good yeah that's like a, a nice part of a big companies too it's a lot easier to find these these smaller roles or these kind of niches that you're interested in yeah because they they already probably have people in that and you're kind of able to talk to them and kind of maybe do like a 20% project or like a, a small project with that team to kind of maybe transition into a larger role. Yeah. Whereas at startups, like someone has to hire, decide to hire you for something that you're not specialized in. It's a little bit of a stretch or you have to go into a startup and then somehow make a project around this in order to learn, which is, I mean, it has to align with the, the, the company priorities and it's not always like the, the easiest and it's not always possible depending on the company. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think that's also like a, something to think about is if you're trying to transition out of a specific area, like how easy is it to do that? And what is a potential path to get to get into like machine learning in, in your case? Yeah, I think this brings up to a good point. I think we've talked a lot about um, some of the key things to look at our personal stories. But yeah, I mean, I hope this episode helps just folks think about, you know, hopefully the PM career, but maybe just your career in general. Um, it is important, like picking where you want to work. And, you know, I hope folks can can try and find the things that really align with their um, with their career trajectory. Yeah. And there really is no like there is no template. Yeah. Like you have to kind of figure out what you want to do and what what's important to you and then kind of chart a course that way. But, yeah, you know, I have like my you know three, three things and I need to get two two out of three of them. But everybody has their own thing. Uh, I think part of you have you have your own kind of. What you're optimizing for i have my own thing yeah you the listener probably have have your own thing so i think it's it's something that you know you're not able to kind of take off the shelf advice and kind of <laughs> plug it in i think it's something you really have to think think hard about what, what you want to do and and how to kind of try the path to get there uh to pick a company that kind of aligns with with your career objectives yeah as our as our title says we are all trying to product um and you know everyone is so hopefully we're all figuring it out together yeah with that cool. thanks so much awesome yeah. See ya. Thank you.